there and welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimak. Today is Thursday, June the 17th, and it's day four of our Give Up Worry for Good program. I hope you're going to be able to stick around for the entire show. Got lots of stuff that we're going to talk about today. We will look at, I I think, arguably one of the most popular verses in all of the Bible. It's one we see all the time. It's also one that can often be misinterpreted. So let's take a look at what the Bible says. We'll look at the possible misinterpretation, and we'll look at what it really means and why it matters for those of us who are trying to give up worry. In addition, I'm going to share a few more thoughts about yesterday. And if you recall yesterday's verse, we talked about the importance of staying focused on the things of heaven, on the invisible kingdom of God, rather than focusing solely on our problems. But I, I, you know, as I was praying today, a couple of more thoughts came to me, and I, w- I want to share those with you to uh, elaborate a little bit on what we talked about yesterday. So uh, why don't we pray? Let's turn to our Father in heaven and offer up our prayers like we do at the beginning of every show, and then we'll get right on with the material. Okay, you ready to get started? All right. Let's first picture that we are in the presence of our Father in heaven, wherever you are right now. Look around. Do you see him? Exactly. We don't see him, but he's here. He's here with me. He's here with, he's there with you. He is with us wherever we go. So let's, as we, as we begin to say these prayers, let's remember that he is with us and he's our father and that he loves us in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear father in heaven, it's very easy to forget that you are with us. But today, as we continue our journey to give up worry for good, through faith, we know that you are present with us. Intellectually, we know it. We don't always feel your presence, but that's okay. We don't have to feel the presence of things which are around us. I don't feel the air that is around me right now, but I know it's there. My wife is not in the house. I know she's sitting out on the back porch. I can't see her. I don't feel her, but I know where she is. Father, therefore, we know you are with us right now, and we know that you love us. We know that you created us in your image and likeness. You created us because you love us. Otherwise, there would be no reason for you to create us. Father, we thank you for allowing us to share in your love, to know you, to love you, to serve you. That's a privilege. And we thank you for reserving a place for us in your heavenly kingdom. Father, we all come to you with different problems today. You know what they are. You know the things that are weighing us down this day. We give these problems to you, Father. We ask you to handle them, to handle them for us in the best way possible, We ask, Father, that you allow our efforts to give up worry, to bear fruit. We know that it's possible to do so. And therefore, we're trying to do it one day at a time, accompanied by your Son, Jesus, with you by our side as well, and with the Holy Spirit working in us. Father, we pray for everyone who is 
making this give up worry for good journey. And I pray that you use me as your instrument today. That you give me the words that I'm supposed to speak on the show. And Father, I pray that we, all of our minds and all of our hearts, can be open to hear what you have to say and to act upon it. We ask these things in the most holy name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimak. You are listening to Following the Truth. And as I said at the start of the program, it's day four of our Give Up Worry for Good program. Day four of week one, I should say. So the program is is uh, split up into eight weeks. And we have a daily reading for each for each. Um, for each day, obviously a daily reading for each day, I guess <laughs> that only makes sense. And, and what I'm doing is on the podcast, on this podcast, every Monday through Friday, we're highlighting the particular reflection for the day. I'm going to share some thoughts on it. And don't forget, though, that I am primarily running this Give Up Worry for Good program through my emails. So if you have not yet signed up for my daily email reflections, make sure you do that by going to followingthetruth.com. While you're there, you can also pick up a copy of Give Up Worry for Good, which really is what this program is based upon. All I'm doing here and in my emails is is supplementing the, the material in the book. So I would really urge you to pick up a copy of Give Up Worry for Good if you want to get the most out of this. And again, the place to do that is uh, the easiest place is just to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com. All right, I have to take a sip because I'm excited of the, about this, of my beverage du jour today. Here we go. This is big. You know, that is really good. I have not had this for a while, but my wife Eileen picked up some of this from the store today. You, obviously, you're not going to know what it is, so I'll, I might as well tell you. It's it's herbal tea, and I, I believe it's called lemon zinger. So this is really good stuff. I'm I'm a big coffee fan. I'm not a big tea drinker, but this herbal tea stuff, there's something to be said for it. I, I do enjoy this from time to time. So that's what I have for my beverage. I hope you got a beverage and a snack, and you're ready to get started uh, for the program. Now, before we talk about today's uh, today's material, I want to I want to share a few thoughts about yesterday. He says as he takes it one more sip of his tea, this is really good stuff. I can't I can't stop doing this. Yesterday on the program, the um, the verse we talked about is Colossians 3 2. Paul said, Set your mind, your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And I made the point that if we're ever going to find peace in life, if we are ever going to break free from worry, we have to focus more on God than on our problems. I mean, really, it, it's as simple as that. So when I was praying today, a couple of thoughts came to mind, and I wanted to elaborate on it before we moved on to today's reflection, because this is this is critical. And, you know, I have been pondering the idea of worry for a long time now, ever since I started writing about it. I ponder it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, give me new ideas, new ways to present what it is that I present. My, my, my message is Jesus. That, that's my message. In, in full-time ministry, I 
am here. I exist to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you, with people who read my books, with people who come to my talks. That's the message. Now, I target worrying because those of us who tend to be anxious, we very much are a captive audience for Jesus Christ and the gospel. And he has changed my life. He has saved my life. And and I'm hoping, and I, I really believe that he can, do the same thing for you. All it takes is the willingness to follow him and the decision to trust him. It's not a feeling. It's a it's a decision. You make the decision to trust him. So so as a result of the work that I do, I am passionate about what I do. I, I believe that many souls are suffering needlessly due to anxiety because they don't know the power of relationship with Jesus Christ. And and that look, that's the way of the world. People are just not told often enough how real Jesus is and how much he wants to help us and how all it takes is turning to him and saying, Lord, help me. You know, and I I think that, um, I, I think sometimes we just need to know that. We need to hear it. So that's one of the things that I try to do. But I think a lot about this whole process of of worrying and and how do we experience peace. It's something I, I've gone through, I continue to go through, and, and I like to also be able to share it with people like you who are listening to this podcast. So one of the, the, the this is a really basic piece of information, but it's one that is eye-opening because we don't often think of it. When we feel fear, it's always based on what we're thinking. So what we think controls how we feel. And, and you know, that's so basic, isn't it? That it's just such a basic comment. How we think controls how we feel. But yet, it's basic, and at the same time, it is profound, and it, it sort of unlocks a whole treasure chest of, of material in your arsenal against worrying. And, and what I mean by, by it is the fact that if you are thinking, suppose you get a cancer diagnosis, and that's, that's, that's a very real problem, and I know over the years many people who listen to my show and who read my books, many people have been dealing with cancer, and it's one of those things that I have never had it affect me personally, but, but my father died of cancer, so I... Certainly, I know what it's like to hear of a cancer diagnosis in the family, and it's it's scary. It's one of those scary words that just changes everything. But if you get diagnosed with cancer and you become afraid, it's not necessarily because of the cancer diagnosis. It's because of how you think about the diagnosis. I have met many people who have been diagnosed with cancer and they have been incredibly positive and they make up their mind, I'm going to beat this. I am not going to think that this might kill me. So so let me just, let me just work with the, this a little bit and give you an example, try to, uh, try to flesh this out a little bit. You get diagnosed with cancer and immediately your mind can start the what if game. What if I die? What if the pain becomes really intense? What if I'm not going to be able to ever have peace again? You know, the thing about the what if game that we play 
And by meaning by saying "what if" game, I'm not trying to trivialize it because it, it this is something that can be be excruciatingly painful, and I really do understand that because I I've I've suffered from this, and I continue to be susceptible to this. When we say "what if I die," what if the pain becomes too great to bear? What if I never feel peace again? All of those things that we are thinking, they are not facts. They're not based in reality. Yes, they are potential outcomes, but they are not rooted in reality at that moment in time. All that's based in reality is the diagnosis of cancer. Okay, you see what I'm, see what I'm saying? So if you think, what if I die? What if I have to suffer? What if the pain is horrible? What if it never gets better? What is my family going to do if I die? These, at this point, once the diagnosis comes, these are fictitious happenings. They're not real at the moment in time when you get the diagnosis. What is real? Well, that you have cancer. That God is bigger than the cancer because he can cure cancer. He's done it many times. We see throughout the Bible the miracles that the Lord has worked. So you got cancer. You got God is bigger than cancer. God loves you. God is with you. And he's all powerful. These are facts. If you think these things, God loves me. God's with me. God is all powerful. And yes, I have cancer, but God can cure it. If you think that way, you are going to feel a lot more peaceful than if you think, oh my gosh, what if this gets worse? What if it kills me? What if it spreads? What if I lose all my money because I need to, you know, my my health insurance won't cover the treatment? The what ifs are going to make you afraid. They're going to make you afraid. So what we need to do, and I'll talk about this kind of ties into today's verse. What we need to do is concentrate not on the what if, but the what is. And the what is, is that God loves me, God is with me, and God is bigger than any problem I can face. You see how the way, you see the thinking, the way our thinking controls how we feel? So it really does matter how we think. How are you going to change the way you think? Well, it takes time. What we want to do is change our habits. And, and those of us who tend to worry, who are anxious, we have the habit of worry perfected in our lives. A habit is a, 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 a course of action or, or something that you do on a repeated basis, almost without thinking. That's what a habit is. A bad habit is known as a vice. Worry is an example of a bad habit or a vice. On the other hand, a good habit is known as a virtue. Faith or prayer, they are good habits. They are good responses. And we'll, Technically, uh, prayer is, a, is an exercise of your faith. But do you see the difference? 
Worry is not a virtue. Worry is a vice. Worry is not a good use of your time. It's not a good habit. So what we have to do, and that's what we're trying to do and give up worry for good. And remember, we're taking every step of this journey with God. He is with us because we're, we're hearing from him every day in these Bible verses. And we're going to spend some time in his presence. At least you should spend some time in prayer. And I tried to build that into the daily reflections. What we're trying to do is change our habits so that we don't practice worry. Instead, we practice faith and it becomes a good habit or a virtue. You see how that, see what's happening? And the more you do that, the more peaceful you will be. But it's work. And I'm sure you're realizing that that's why we're doing it one day at a time. Above all, I want you to be patient. We will get through this. And by the end of this eight weeks, you will worry less. I can almost guarantee you will worry less than you did when you started. Because your your habits are going to change. And that in turn is going to change your life for the better. But don't feel defeated if the change isn't happening fast enough or if you don't feel peace immediately. Sometimes you don't. And that'll be one of the things we will discuss in the upcoming week. Sometimes I've heard people talk about worry, even from a a spiritual viewpoint, that, well, if you just pray, as St. Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, then you're just going to be filled with supernatural peace. Well, yes and no, you're going to get that peace, but you don't always feel it. And that's because we're so rooted in the habit of worry and we've got so much junk build up, built up in our minds that we don't, we, we don't quite feel the peace because we're not used to feeling it. So we got to go about this gradually. I don't want to oversimplify what we're doing here. You know what the danger of that is? It's that we can start this and I could say, well, just spend time with the Lord every day and, and you will worry less and you'll feel peaceful. Y- you will. But it might not be an instantaneous transformation. It almost always isn't. It's a gradual process. Y- so that's why I say you will worry less at the end of the wait, eight weeks of going through give up worry for good than you did when you started. How much less? That depends. It depends on each of us how fast the Spirit's working, and how much we cooperate with the Spirit. A lot of times we don't even realize that we're we're fighting the Holy Spirit as He's trying to change us, you know? Um, So there were a few thoughts about yesterday, and it really does tie into day four, which is today. The verse that I highlight today for day four is from Jeremiah 29, 11. This is one of those verses that you see all over the place. Uh, You see it on plaques. You see it all over Facebook. You see it on memes on the internet. You you just see it all over the place. And in fact, it's even on my Bible cover. I have a leather Bible cover and this verse is on there. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Here's the deal. God knows the plans he has for you. You don't, I don't, but God does. The trick is for us is to learn to trust him 
so much so that we don't really care what he has in store for us. But through our through that feeling of trust, and I do say feeling of trust, initially trust is a decision. We commit, yes, Lord, I'm going to trust you. But the more you do that and the more his grace works on you, the easier it becomes to trust so that you also not only choose to trust, but you have a feeling of confidence or of trust in him because you know he's going to take care of you. And it gets back to those three points that I said sort of at the start of the show. In order to trust God and that in order to really feel that trust and believe that the plans he has for you are good and not bad, you need to know that he loves you unconditionally, that he is with you, and that he is all-powerful. He is bigger than the problems you face. And the reason that's important to recognize that and to keep repeating it and to keep praying for the grace to believe it is because when difficult circumstances pop up in your life, and they're going to pop up in everybody's life, you can easily say, well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let this happen. And that's a common belief, but, it, but, it, but it's not a belief that's based in reality. God allows storms to come into our lives because he wants to help us. He wants to help us grow in faith. There's nothing like a good storm to help us hit our knees. And he wants us to make it to our final resting place in heaven. That's why he allows storms to take place in our lives. And when we look at this verse from Jeremiah, sometimes it has been, I've heard it interpreted, where the person preaching this message will say, if you have strong enough faith, God will cure your cancer. God will get you that job you want. Basically, God will give you whatever you want. But but that's not what the Bible said. When Jesus talks about, if we ask, we will receive, he also mentions the fact that there is no earthly father who would give his child something bad for him or her. Therefore, our heavenly father won't give us something bad. And I, I'll just put that bad in quotes because what appears bad to you might not be bad to God. It might just be that, just stick with me for a minute. I don't, don't want you to panic about this because I, you don't have to feel what I'm about to say, but you just have to try your best to accept it and believe it. It might be that cancer diagnosis, and I, I use cancer because it's, it's so extreme and it's like the epitome of scary diseases. It might be that cancer diagnosis that, re, that allows you to relinquish control of your life to Jesus and to realize that I, I am I can't I can't beat this on my own. Sometimes we need that reminder to give up control and to draw closer to him. So to say that if your faith is strong enough, God will cure any disease, that's being a little presumptuous. Because sometimes, even though he can cure any disease, sometimes he has to allow it to remain in order to bring about a greater good. Now keep in mind, disease 
is a consequence of original sin. God does not, did not will disease. But it's because we live in a fallen world that this happens. But sometimes God wills a different kind of healing. Maybe it's a mental healing. He lets the disease remain so that mentally you can find peace by accepting it. And sometimes the healing that you receive for the cancer is death. Again, I just want you to stay with me here. You don't have to fully comprehend everything I'm saying or, or feel good about it. But I just want to at least introduce this to you. Because when you start thinking like this, you open up the channel for God's peace and, and let that peace flow into you. Because basically what happens when you start thinking this way is you realize that God God wants what's best for me and I can feel peace no matter what he sends me. So yes, he has plans for your future and they're good plans. Those plans are that you will live with him forever in heaven. That's that's the good thing, and you can take hope. You can have hope based on that. But he also wants you to be at peace and not live with the burden of anxiety in this life. You can also say that that's a true statement. And that can happen even though you may not be physically cured of your disease or get that job that you absolutely must have. Sometimes you're going to get the peace, but you're not going to get exactly what you want. And ultimately, what are we looking for when we pray for that disease to go away? Or we pray for that job? Or we pray for that special person to enter into our lives? Or we pray for any number of other things? We're praying for that peace and that happiness. You can always have that with God in this life. Not just in the next life. You can have it here too. But it's not dependent on favorable circumstances. It's dependent on the presence of God in your life. That presence will not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's present with you right now. And you know, that's good news. That's good news. And that's what we really want to focus on. So today, I just wanted to make that point. Don't dwell on the what-ifs of the future. God knows what's best. The what-ifs, leave those to him because it's just fiction right now. It's just imaginary. And what happens, you start thinking bad imaginary thoughts about what might happen in the future, you're going to feel fear and you can easily plunge into worry. So, So focus on God loves you, God is bigger than your problems, and God is with you. All right? Do that more. Spend time with him today. Have that discussion. Talk to Jesus about it. Talk to Jesus about it. All right? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, too. All right, any questions? Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Listen, have a fantastic night. Thanks so much for participating in Give Up Worry for Good, and God willing, I'll see you again tomorrow on Following the Truth. Bye-bye.